this is ChaosCast, the Chaos Community Podcast, where we share use cases and experiences with measuring open source community health, elevating conversations about metrics, analytics, and software from the Community Health Analytics Open Source Software, or short Chaos Project, to wherever you like to listen. Welcome to this episode. This podcast is sponsored by our friends at Sustain, a community of open source enthusiasts and professionals that care about the future of open source. Learn more at sustainoss.org. On the panel today are Sean Goggins. Hi, how are you today? I'm a computer science professor at the University of Missouri, and I've worked with a number of Google Summer of Code students over the years. And myself, Georg Link. Hi, everyone. Good to be back with you on this podcast. I'm a director of sales at Biturgia, co-founder of the Chaos Project. And I'm super excited for today's episode where we get to highlight some Google Summer of Code work. And we are bringing on Avinav, who has been working with Sean's team on the Augur Project. Avinav, welcome. Please introduce yourself to our listeners. Hello, I'm a final year computer science student at IIT Dhanbad. I was a Google Summer of Code student at Chaos this year, 2020, where my most where I was responsible to develop the GitLab data collection worker, mostly the merge request part, merge request worker. Yeah, apart from that, I'm also a guitarist. So that's it from my side. So before we jump into the actual project, what was it like for you applying to the program and what was your experience throughout the process discovering chaos what brought you to chaos and then deciding on this project yeah so like most of my interests and internships were in data engineering field so i wanted to discover more in data engineering and i was looking around the projects which were relevant to i like data warehousing or pipeline development and surprisingly, there were only like one or two out of which I found that Augur was one of the best which I could find. So initially, I just applied in it and wrote the proposal. And, and then, yes, the experience was good. Of course, Augur is approximately something like a data warehousing thing only where the data collection workers hit the endpoint, bring the data and populate the tables. So, and uh, already the pipelines were developed. So I, got to learn a lot from already uh, developed code for GitHub. And of course, I applied those concepts for the GitLab collection workers. That's awesome that you took your interest that you had and you looked for a project that was aligned with your interests and landed on the Yaga project. On the project itself, you said you were working with GitLab data. Is that right? Yes, yes. Uh, merge requests. So is that something that existed in Augur before and you improved or is this a completely new feature that you added? For GitHub, we had pull requests. So for GitHub, we had architecture, but to pull the data from GitLab, which was a different endpoint. So that was not present. So I had to completely develop that portion to pull everything about a merge request and then populate in the Postgres instance. 
I mean, it's GitHub counterpart was there, but GitLab counterpart was missing. So I think the merge request is GitLab's equivalent of the, or corollary at least, to the GitHub pull request. And the data about these two ways of merging code are very similar, but the specific data provided by the API is different. The ways that the API are accessed is different. And one of the aims of Augur is to create a common data structure that is useful across all platforms so that you have the ability to compare projects on GitLab with projects on GitHub or Bitbucket. And the work that Abinoff did is really essential to our introduction of GitLab data gathering into Augur. And I think what he's describing is the mapping of the data and understanding the concepts before he wrote the code, like how they're different. Is that fair, Abinoff? Yes, yes, exactly. So I've seen the Augur data model. I was just helping someone else write a query against it. And it's a very sprawling entity relationship diagram that I saw. Now, I didn't pay much attention to the pull request slash merge request portion of it. Can you maybe describe a little bit how that is currently set up and how much you were able to reuse or how much you had to change it to implement the merge requests? Yes. So the in the model, it's designed to not be any different. So the data would go on the same table. So I'll answer that, right? So that you wouldn't see a difference at the table structure. You don't see a GitLab table and a GitHub table. You just see what we call a pull request table at this point. And so with that context, I'll, I'll let Evanoff talk. I think like mostly I had to clone the GitHub pull request worker. So the table was same as Sean told that we currently call it pull request worker and pull request table was present. And of course, the data was to be dumped on that table only from both the endpoints, GitHub and GitLab. Only a source column was there, which would specify whether the data came from GitHub or GitLab. And also there were IDs of the project, which would, of course, denote whether it was of a GitHub or GitLab. Mm -hmm. So architecture was present there, how to check whether there are duplicates or not, how our update going to be happen. I just had to re-implement the architecture, but for uh, GitLab, basically different endpoints, calling different APIs and then getting the data from there. So what was the most challenging part about re-implementing the architecture for the GitLab API and how did you overcome that? So there were mainly two challenges. One was data mismatch. Basically, there were few columns which were available in GitHub API, while GitLab did not specify those data points in their API. So of course, I had to add null values for those for those columns. And apart from that, GitHub is, I mean, GitHub gives a lot of data in a single request, while GitLab provides a very small amount of data. So if you are asking only for a merge request using its ID, so you will get only data relevant to the merge request, but not any data regarding the project to which the merge request was created, while GitHub gave all the data about the owner project. So I had to, for each merge request, I had to make two or three queries to get the complete data and then push it into the database. So that was only the challenge, but okay, the rate limit was a bit easy for 
GitLab they had 600 requests while GitHub uh, GitHub had a less like 50 or 60. So that's why things work out well. Well, that's always interesting when you get data and you try to standardize it, but you get different pieces of data from different endpoints. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I think having gone through this work and now that you added it to already existing table structure. So you really worked on the data collection piece and enrichment. But then once the data was there, were you able to use the same visualizations that you used for pull requests or were there changes that you also had to do in the presentation of the data? No, there was no difference in the visualization or anything because the data was to be dumped in the same table as it was being dumped with uh, GitHub pull request. So no difference, basically. Only a source column was added. It would make a big difference during the visualizations. And that's one of the objectives of the standard data model is that we can write an endpoint in a front end that will let you see GitHub, GitLab, Bitbucket repositories side by side in comparisons without having to write different queries or or produce different data structures. It's a question of where you, in terms of Augur's philosophy, where do you put the labor? Do you put the labor in organizing the data so that it can be used consistently regardless of platform? Or do you put the effort into rearranging the data once you have it in its raw form? And and I think at some point, it's whether it's just a question of, do you want to work or not? And with a data science background and a long history of working with data myself, I like to get things into a common structure so I don't have to do work later because I know data carpentry is very labor intensive. So Abhinav, that is really great that you had the technology implementation piece and you got that to work. Throughout the Google Sum of Code project, it is a mentorship that is organized by Google and then with a lot of community interactions in the chaos community and you had mentors. How was your experience? How did you work with the mentors and the community? Yeah, so mostly there were few doubts when I started creating the merge request worker from the scratch because setting up Augur and then getting the data from GitLab API and how to push it into the Postgres. So there was an initial session of like one hour in which Gabe completely explained the architecture of how things would be going. And even after that, I had doubts. I could easily get it cleared on Slack itself. And they would give a complete big elaboration of how to go on with it. And there were also weekly meetings with Sean where if I had any problems, I could discuss and Yeah, so weekly, the discussions were great because sometimes I was stuck and meeting could only solve those portions. So experience-wise, it was great learning. How was the experience of working with, there was one other student who was working in Google Summer of Code on GitLab and and some working on machine learning workers. How was the learning experience or how was the learning experience enhanced or encumbered by having peers on the Google Summer of Code? So yes, Sai was with me for the GitLab data collection workers only. And he was already a GSOC student last year with some another organization. So he was very helpful with respect to like open source. I did not have a very 
good amount of experience in using GitHub, make, uh, GitHub making pull requests and how things work in open source. So he helped me a lot with respect to the initial learning. And also request worker, we both had a similar architecture. So if he had doubts or if I had doubts, we could clear each other's. And while a yes, peer group was, of course, helpful. While open source software today is powering critical infrastructure, the open source ecosystem as a whole is rapidly changing, facing challenges for governance, maintenance, maintainer burnout, funding, marketing, and more. Are you concerned about these things for your open source software too? Well, in the sustained community, we discuss these challenges and share solutions for how to sustain open source in the long haul. We meet once per year in person, and the rest of the time we keep the fire burning in our discourse forum. Join our conversations at sustainoss.org and sustainoss on Twitter. Those are all great experiences with the mentors and others working the same project, which is like a little community in itself. What is your experience with the overall chaos community? Because there are different parts to it. In chaos, we have for one, the Augur project with large number of the contributors are part of the Augur team that Sean is managing. There are some others in the community users at different places. We also have the Grimoire Lab project, which is mostly managed by Biturgia, but has some outside people. And then we have these various metrics working groups that are trying to define new metrics that we can then implement. So looking at all of this big chaos community, what has your experience been like coming into an open source community? So it was my first experience in open source community. So of course I was a bit scared and you can say I didn't know how things work in open source. So like I also didn't use GitHub very much except for my private repositories and I didn't collaborate much before chaos. But yes, after joining, everyone was helpful and I learned a lot from them how things work in open source, how communication happens and how each other help is needed and how we can help each other if we know something in that way. I'm glad you had a good experience as a first time open source participant. So what are your plans for the future? Now Google Sum of Code is done. Are there any next steps? Where is your journey taking you now? Right now, like uh, I'm in a final year of my graduation. So of course, I'm a bit towards like what we can say uh, right now, we have placements in college, which is basically companies visit to hire students. So I am unable to contribute a lot in open source because preparing for interviews and like lead code and stuff. But I think like this has helped me in getting a good insight into data engineering. And I think like this experience can be helpful in, let's say, if I am currently looking for data engineer profile. So I think this learning would be very helpful in like further opportunities as well as, yes, um, of course I would be there. That's yeah. really good to hear. It, it, I think having that experience benefiting your job search is one of the things that Google hopes for and we hope for. 
Obviously, we sure wouldn't mind you continuing to contribute to Augur when your schedule clears, but we are so glad you had experience that is helping you find a position. It sounds like it's making you a bit more of a competitive candidate as well. One hope that I also have for all Google Summer of Code students is that they learn about open source in general. And even if it's not within the chaos project in the future, you feel comfortable and empowered to join other open source communities and contribute to the the work that is going on, either as part of your job or on the side. Now, where can people find you online if they're interested to learn more about your work, about what you have done and follow your progress into the future? Mostly I'm active on LinkedIn only. And apart from that, yes, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, but not very much active. So mostly it is LinkedIn only. Okay. And we'll include a link in the show notes. And yes. you also wrote blog posts about your work throughout mm. the project. Yes, you can also find me on Medium. I will add a link in the document. All those blogs are there available. Week-wise, what I have done and whole architecture and everything. Excellent. I think that would be interesting for someone who is interested in your Google Summer of Code project specifically. So that brings us to the end of this episode. We always like to close off with a round of value adds or picks where we talk about something that has brought value and joy into our lives recently. I'll just kick us off. One thing that I've really enjoyed lately is Minecraft, the game that Microsoft bought a couple of years ago. They've done a really good job maintaining that and building it out for the community. One of the features that is crucial for us as a family is that they allow cross-platform play now. We are using a Microsoft Minecraft Realm so that we can join with more people than we could with the local game. And then we have seven different people joining from tablets and phones and Xbox and PC and laptop. And we can all play together, built out this world. And we've had this world now for, oh, several holidays. So whenever we have a holiday, we all get together and we play as a family. And it's a lot of fun. And just yesterday, I looked into Minecraft Earth, which is similar to like Pokemon Go or Ingress or the Wizards Unite. So made by the same studio where it's a location-based game. You walk around in the real world, interact with things. And I haven't played too much yet, but it looks pretty promising. And I think especially once winter is over and we can go outside more we can play together. So yeah, Minecraft is my pick for this week. How would you compare Minecraft Earth to Second Life? Oh, <laughs> I cannot compare that because I have not been in Second Life in almost a decade. Yeah, same here, but it was all the rage back a decade ago. With the Linton dollars and people buying properties and doing stuff, whole economy developing there. Yeah, yeah. It was a flash in the pan, but it was very fascinating at the time. Yeah, 
So Sean, what is your value add for this week? My value add for the week is electricity and rubber flooring. I have electricity now in my destroyed and reconstructed garage. I had a two-level garage collapse over the summer. And I was looking into flooring. And it turns out that rubber is uh, five times more insulative than vinyl. So I went with an industrial-looking rubber to kind of keep the look and feel of an underground garage, which will be my office when it's all said and done. And so those are my picks of the week. That's awesome. I'll come to you for some picks when I built our house. Sorry enough. Last but not least, uh, you can round this off. What is your value add? Well, mostly like it is Among Us game, which is kind of viral in this lockdown period only. So I was missing my friends and mostly because I'm a college student and all of my friends are in different cities. So we weren't able to meet. But because of these games, online games, which is mostly among us, I am able to daily spend an hour with them talking and playing games. So that is from my side. Yeah, I know a lot of people are talking about the game right now and playing it. It seems to be a lot of fun. I have not actually tried myself, but glad you enjoy it. So it is time to say thank you. Thank you, Abhinav, for joining us today. And thank you, Abhinav, for all your hard work and great accomplishments on Augur over the summer as a Google Summer of Code student. Thank you. Thank you, Sean, for joining me as a panelist today. And thank you, Georg, for leading the charge. (laughs) No worries. And thank you to you, dear listener, for joining us today. To stay up to date on future episodes, subscribe for free to this podcast on your favorite podcast app. Share this podcast with your friends and colleagues. And if you have ideas for future episode topics or would even like to come on as a guest, please email us, podcast at chaos.community. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Until next time, your chaos community.